Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, I have a love-hate relationship to the question, how are you? Most of the time, I give a socially acceptable response like, fine, or I'm good, but sometimes I'm really not. And I then do a quick calculation as to whether the person asking is just making conversation or if they really want to know. And if they do really care, I make a second calculation about how forthcoming I will be. Why? Because of the story in my head about whether it matters, is it worth mentioning, am I just complaining, will it add to the other person's stress levels, etc., etc., etc. I don't want to impose or be a burden. Instead, I just soldier on. And it's this common story that led my guest psychotherapist Nancy Collier to write her new book, The Emotionally Exhausted Woman, Why You're Feeling Depleted and How to Get What You Need. So, Nancy, that's a mouthful, but it is so timely (laughs) and so important. And thank you so much for being here to talk about it. I am delighted to be here. And what a perfect introduction. Yes. And how many of us do exactly that, Leslie? I mean, that is our, that's how we're trained, right? Mm -hmm. We're trained from the moment we come out into the world to start taking care of other people. That is our job on earth to take care of other people. And when we withhold, let's say, a difficulty we're struggling with or what we're really feeling and experiencing, it's a way of taking care of the other person and not burdening them with Mm -hmm. our stuff, right? And then, of course, from there, as we know, there are all these messages that we receive about who is the woman not to be. We know about the perfect woman to be, but we, we are also indoctrinated in who not to be. So don't be needy. Don't be overly emotional. Don't be, you know, all these other things. And then, of course, there's don't be too powerful. Don't be too yeah, uh, a million in high maintenance. <laughs> Right, right. But in those silent little moments, you know, where we look, sometimes I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to our not sharing how we really are, which is Uh that sometimes we don't want to experience the 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 pain, for Uh lack of a better word, that it is to present something to somebody who's not interested. So we're also protected there of, is this person available, really? Uh So there's that going on, too. But I meet with so many women, you know, in nearly 30 years as a psychotherapist, who feel that they know what everyone in their life needs and wants and they're so good at feeling that but they've lost touch or maybe never knew what they need what they really want well and yeah. there comes a time and yeah go ahead well I mean and that and that is such a critically important thing and and you know and I think it's universal I mean I, I think I think yeah. men struggle with this too but but not in the same way but it's really about who is it okay for me to be and how, I mean, because, I mean, we have this whole other thing of being authentic, right? Everybody wants you to be authentic. You know, 
but well, yeah, but yeah, yeah you be you, you be you, do but, you. But, but the, you the get, box of who you can be is very small. Well, and you know, and that's the thing. And you know, I mean, we get so many messages. I mean, you just even going into you know, the mommy wars, right, about are you a good mom if you work outside the home? Are you a good mom? If, I mean, it's like we're fighting with each other. This is insane. And so, right. you, so can you, you know what actually, happens, though, is, yeah. Can you define what an emotionally exhausted woman is? I mean, we're talking about how somebody, you know, some of these components, but but what happens? Yes, yes. Well, you know, we think of emotional exhaustion as, oh, I just can't say no, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of my fault. I'm running around and mm-hmm. I don't prioritize myself. And then, you know, our cultural message jumps in here and it says, well, get a manicure, you know, get a, get a massage. But, you know, at right. the end of the day, none of they're lovely and that's wonderful mm-hmm. pampering, but that is not why we're emotionally exhausted and depleted. We're depleted because we have lost touch with our fundamental vitality, with ourselves. We mm-hmm. are disconnected from our own still small voice, that voice that knows our truth, that tells the truth, that is in touch with what we want, not just what we should do. You know, the mom mm-hmm. that I should be this as a mom, uh, I should be that. Yeah. But but this wanting, this authentic, who am I and what defines my life, right? That at a very early age, and, and thanks to wonderful psychologists like Carol Gilligan and so on, we can even track it to right around the tweens, 12, mm-hmm. 13, 14. We, we discover that we need to be likable to be valued. But then, uh-oh, if we're authentic and we're who we really are, <laughs> that might not work with likable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we make this deal right around that time for a lot of young girls. And we decide we're going to go with likable. We're going with likable. You, mm-hmm. my authentic self, you get, you get in the cage. You, you go over there. It's actually safer uh-huh. for me to not know who you are and what you want and what you really feel because that could cost me belonging. And right now, 12, 13, 14, and with the cultural messages coming in that that's how I'm valued, I need to belong. I need to have self-esteem. I need to be included. I need to feel emotionally safe. So we get why the deal is made. But the problem Uh is that that tween becomes a 20, 30, 40, 50, blah, 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 something. And often that's split, that disconnect is never healed. And so we wake up whenever we wake up, and hopefully earlier rather than later, but whenever it happens, it's a blessing. And we realize, where am I? Where am I in my life? I have gone from task to task to task. I've been everything to everyone. I'm Uh so darn likable. But where's my life? My life. Well, and, you know, and, the, you know, as funny as, as you say this, because I'm flashing back to when my now 27-year-old daughter was in preschool, and mm. I would walk into the preschool, and everybody goes, it's Jenna's mom. And I was and in my head, yeah. not that I was not happy or proud to be Jenna's mom, but in my head, sure. I went, 
I have my own identity. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm just not my children's mom or my husband's wife or my mother's daughter or, you know, I, I, you, and it, and it's so hard. And you also say that what, and you actually, this is a quote from your book, what physical exhaustion is to the body, emotional exhaustion is to the heart and soul. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? And how does this emotional exhaustion impact our relationships? Well, the way I talk about that is based on really what women have shared with me over all these years, which is that we, in that disconnection process, right? I know who I am, as you just said so beautifully, to everyone else. I know who I am in all of my roles. Mm-hmm. That what we've done really is to abandon ourselves. Okay. We've abandoned our relationship with ourselves. So we've decided that it's more important to have relationships than to have a self. We've decided it's more important to be in relationship with other people than to be in relationship with ourselves. And so we get this sort of heart weariness where we've been left behind what we need what we want what do we want to do with this one wild and precious life thank you mary oliver you know and um what this does ultimately is it puts us into relationship first of all with ourselves where we are wary W-A-R-Y of what's coming up in ourselves because what's coming up might endanger our likability. So thus begins this sort of um, oppositional or suspicious relationship of our own truth, of our own mm-hmm. experience. It has to be managed, sweetened, debarked, you know, all it has to be taken care of to fit it into what's needed externally. So we rather than welcoming all of ourselves and finding a way to welcome the catastrophe and miracle that we are, we sort of turn on ourselves. So this exhaustion, this depletion I talk of is a kind of weariness of managing our own truth. And that abandonment is the depletion of our own heart, our own soul, our own being. And, you know, these are not solved with a sound bath or a forest right. bath or whatever kind of bath, a loofah right. bath. I don't know what, what's left. Oh, right, yeah. But in, in, in terms of relationships with other people, what, what happens is that, you know, and, and just to say one other thing is that we, we are asking ourselves to live on the fumes of being well perceived, right? That should be enough for us to thrive, right? You like me, so I should be able to live on that and feel, you know, wholehearted and mm-hmm. being me and empowered. But we've lost the relationship with our own heart. So how can I live on those fumes? And what it does in relationship is it has us walking around as a sort of manufactured cartoon character even you would be surprised that even in our most intimate relationships we're not telling the truth right we're not saying how we really feel even with our partners because you know 
that would upset them or that would make them feel inadequate. Or, you know, I had one woman in my office last week and she's telling me she's been married 20 some odd years. She's telling me how the way her husband invites her to be intimate kind of grosses her out. It's kind of, it's childlike and it's not, she's never brought it to him because Mm -hmm. that would hurt his feelings. This is how we roll. Right. We will figure it out. And if something goes wrong or someone is not okay, it's ours to fix. So the idea that we would start telling the truth. Right. And and again, we've been conditioned, Leslie, to believe that when we tell the truth, we become a bully. Right. I don't care what you think about my truth. Absolutely not. That kind of binary, now it's my way Mm -hmm. or the highway. I care about the fact that that hurts your feelings if I say I don't like when you talk childlike to invite me into the bedroom. I care about that, and I'm willing to have a conversation about that, and, not but, Mm -hmm. and this is my experience, that I don't don't like that. Right. It's not a trap. Yeah. Exactly. But you would be, you wouldn't be, but many people would be very shocked at how little we really tell the truth. And this is what's always interested me, which is what do we need as women to start being willing to risk telling the truth? What do we need? What are, yeah, and that's what the book covers. How do we make the shift? Yeah, And it's so interesting because this was, I don't even remember how long ago this book was. It may be 15 years ago. Um, a woman named Gail Sheehy wrote a book called Sex and the Seas oh, of Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fabulous. And, yeah. And, and in that book, she was talking about women in their 50s and 60s going, enough, I'm done. And I actually have a friend who calls them the FU40s <laughs> because, you know, because it's that thing of, of you know, doing everything for everybody and finally hitting the wall and going, nope, now it's my turn. And, and, I, and okay. as I was reading this excerpt from Gail Sheehy's book, I'm thinking, but you always should have been part of the equation. But that's the, that's yeah. the fallacy. I mean, that's the, that's, you know, and you're talking about, you know, so we don't tell the truth. We, do, we don't tell the truth to our partners, to our friends. Sometimes we're not even telling the truth to ourselves. Often, well, but remember, we got a message very early that it's better not to know ourselves. It's better to stop listening to that truthful voice because mm-hmm. then we're, we're going to run into conflict, right? right? Yeah, and then we're going to have to... Like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so we long ago turned the volume down. Now we can't even hear it. So when I ask women in their 50s that have been on this task to task, and a lot of them have these beautiful lives that you would think, oh, my gosh, what, what, but when I ask them what they want or what's true for them, it's a blank space. Yeah, there's nothing. So we have to learn again, how do you reestablish that listening? What is it to want, not should, because mostly when I invite people to start checking into their wants, what, what, what come forward are really shoulds in want mm-hmm. costumes. Mm-hmm. They look like wants, but they're just another level of shoulds, right? Okay. So we have to get, get kind of very quiet and, and make this an intentional practice where we listen through all the layers of shoulds to 
what is it that I really want? I had a woman in here the other day that said her husband put her put his hands on her shoulders mm-hmm. and she broke into tears and she asked herself why what what is the you know what is that about and she realized it was the first time that she had received something she genuinely wanted wow for maybe five years, not something that would make her a good mom, make her a good wife, make her a good employee, make her a good friend, make her a good daughter, but just wanting for me, not for anyone else's benefit. And it brought her to tears because she had been so left behind. What do I really need? And that's the invitation in this particular book to how do we start inviting that back in and how do we start showing up authentically, but not in the, as you said, you know, not in the social media way, you know, right. be authentic, right. but in a real way where we feel nourished. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with psychotherapist and author Nancy Collier about the emotionally exhausted woman. And the last several years have been trying for a lot of us for a lot of reasons, and it seems as if the overload women have been feeling is finally being acknowledged. So if you're an emotionally exhausted woman, or your wife is, you are aware of how much more difficult managing relationships can be. And the answer isn't to put yourself last or not putting yourself into the equation at all. It's about including yourself as an equal to everyone else you care for. And if you struggle with this, I can help. So I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a phone call and schedule your five-star relationship session. You can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this conversation with Nancy about the emotionally exhausted woman. Mm-hmm. And so, Nancy, you're talking about the should, you know. And, and to me, when, 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 whenever that word shows up, it's like, to me, that's like lights flashing, sirens blaring. You know, it's like this warning mm-hmm. sign. Because it's, you know, sometimes I will do things that might be in alignment with somebody else's should, but that's not what, you know, but, but it's not, it's not why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it because somebody says I should. I'm doing it because it feels right to me to do that. But, mm-hmm. but even mm-hmm. that, even that process can be very difficult because we're bombarded with all of these challenging messages. I mean, we were talking before about, you know, the contradictory messages that we receive and it's like, you know, what makes it so difficult to, to confront these messages? Well, this primal fear, right, of being rejected. Mm -hmm. If I were to say one thing that we won't get to have the relationships, that we won't get to have this happy life if we start living our life by want. You ask people what would happen, they're like, oh my God, first of all, I wouldn't do any of the things I do. 
nothing. And second of all, you know, this idea that it would lead us down this sort of debaucherous, terrible, uh, we would end up, you know, eating bonbons all day on the couch. (laughs) The truth is, we won't. Something my father accused my mother of doing, but okay. (laughs) Uh uh But this idea of when we unleash want, it's only something terrible for Mm. ourselves. And so we've been indoctrinated again. It's part of the brainwashing, you know, that that if we go with want, Mm -hmm. and, you know, men have this as well, right? We're going to be in danger. We're going to actually be in danger. And years ago, a friend said to me, um, I was heading out on a trip with someone, and um, I happen to be married to a a person who loves to travel, Mm -hmm. and I don't. And so I was heading out on a trip, uh, he loves to travel internationally, and um, I was sort of saying, I really don't want to go. And she said, very simply, she said, what do you think would happen if you started living your life by want? Mm. And for some reason, right time, right words, Mm -hmm. just moved the dial. And I thought, wow, wow. And, of course, then behind that was, you know, well, I won't be a good wife because mm-hmm. that's part of the deal. But I, I actually hated going on these trips. <laughs> so, you know, it just it, it opens a different consciousness up when you start adding that to the mm-hmm. question. You know, when we it's like what you said a moment ago, you know, when we're in relationship and we start inviting the question, what about what I need? Mm hmm. Right? Yeah. What about what I need? That that gets 50% too. Well, for most women, that's never been in the mix at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just been what do you need and how do I make that happen? And then I get my needs met by having your needs met. That's a fallacy. Right. It's wonderful, but there's a missing piece there, which is what do I need as an independent entity? Right. right? I mean, and that- now how do we... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, and that's that's the dynamic. I mean, it's it's the balance between being being in the, you know an individual being independent and being connected. You know that 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 right. that 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 that's primal it. thing of being part of the group. And it's it. you know it's this it's this dance of how do I bring myself to the table, not instead of, but in addition to. And it is so challenging. So what can an emotionally exhausted woman do to not be so exhausted anymore? How, how do we, you know, how, how do we get off this particular road, right. superhighway, I think is what I really want to call it, yeah. and say, you know, it's really okay. Yeah. So you got to buy the book to find out <laughs> the exact stuff because I really lay it out and, and mm-hmm. I don't want to sort of not do it justice. But I would say to begin with, I'll give you a few pointers. We have to become aware. Without mm-hmm. awareness, we have nothing. 
So right. start to notice all the ways that you throw yourself under the bus. Start to notice all the little lies that you tell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's death by a thousand, it's fine, I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's all good, right? That's how we die. That's how we lose our connection with ourselves and the vitality goes out in us, something authentic and fundamental. So notice that and start to invite yourself into your own life. Start to make yourself a destination. So how am I in this moment? What's actually true? You know, we, we get so habitually trained to give the desired answer that we don't even stop to ask the real question inside ourselves. So start to slow that process down so that whatever you do with your truth in the beginning, it's actually being asked to you to open up that channel again, to mm-hmm. re-invite your authentic truth back in. And then we start practicing with things like removing this notion and really working on not taking the blame for everything that's wrong, not assuming that it's because of something you did that something is wrong. So we start to practice. What is it to let someone else not be okay? And this is where it gets PhD level. But (laughs) even let someone be disappointed in you and not fix it. Well, and I'm going to not be okay with you. Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm going to challenge that that they aren't disappointed in yeah. you. They're just disappointed that they're not that, the that they're not getting what they want. Which beautiful. Yeah. By the way, it's two different. It. And you know, I mean, and it is, and it is such a struggle. And, you know, and, and I and I do think that you know that's one of the things is that I'm I'm owning somebody else's disappointment. I, I mean, I do think that's it's right. fair to ask myself, you know. Have I done anything inappropriate, whatever? I mean, I just remember a conversation many years ago with my husband, and it was, a, you know, and I was, you know, I, I like to be physically active. I work out, and I was heading to the gym, and, and I was always very aware of when I did that, and was, would it, you know, would it create issues, and, and, you know, there wasn't anything else going on, and I'm heading out the door, and he's, you know, he goes, go into the gym again, and I went, whoa. All right, again. <laughs> Again um, is the doorway. Right. And I uh-huh. went, yes, is there a problem? And, and what it was, you know, what it was was he wanted time to do the same. I said, fine, we can sit down and talk about that. But I'm not doing yeah. anything yeah. wrong by going to the gym. Okay. So I'm happy to Beautiful. have that conversation. But, not that, but that's that kind of yeah. thing. That, you know, it's like it happens every day. It happens in every moment. And because you're more aware, you could catch it and you're not going to play with the passive aggression. And let's talk in the light. Let's talk in the light. But most of many, many women, right, would go with that, go to guilty. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm doing is not what you want, and you're mm-hmm. not taking ownership of you're making it happen for you. Right. So I'm stepping out of this codependence. Uh-uh. I don't have to not go so that you can go. You own it, and you make it happen, right? right. So we want to empower ourselves, though. The first step is I'm not responsible for your choice to go to the gym, Right. period. 
But so we've been trained again. Remember, our job on Earth Mm -hmm. is to take care of other people's needs. So that means if you're not okay, I need to fix it. And what I have to work with, my source of control is change me, right? Right. I'm to blame. And Mm -hmm. so I will not go so you can, uh uh-uh. I'm not a half of a whole. I'm a whole and you're a whole. So figure it out or talk to me about it and we'll figure it out. So this is where, you know, because you're not doing for you what you need to do or you're not getting what you want does not mean I did that. Yeah. Until we can undo that and two whole people can have a conversation, then we're still in this sort of, you know, I take it on and I'm disempowered as a woman there because I'm carrying two loads. I'm carrying responsibility for myself and also your positive experience. I don't want that. So that in the beginning when a woman starts to, and I remember in my own life, when I started to be able to sit still with, you don't like that I'm taking care of myself. I know why, 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 Mm -hmm. but I'm going to just let that be. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to feel all of that, feel your inability to kind of act for your own life, and I'm going to walk to the gym, right? Uh-huh. And it just was so liberating because it was, it was not biting the hook, right? And yes. you will figure out how to do that for yourself as I don't engage with that or engage as the way you did, which is let's figure out a way to make time you know, but but it's a totally different way of living, which is, huh, I really I I see that it's hard for you to get to the gym, right? So you're right. you're not, not interested, you're not not empathic, but you're not the one doing it. And partners will look at each other, as you probably know from your work, uh-huh. the partner that's that's been benefiting from this looks at the other partner like, Hey, where'd you go? you're empathizing with my inability to get off the couch, but you're not engaging with it. So it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, it is, it is a change and change as we know is scary, um, you know, and, and difficult because it's like, yeah, yeah, and and people aren't necessarily going to like it, but, but I, but it is so, but, but here's the thing. And I think as women get older, I mean, on right now, the, the, greatest, the greatest percentage of, of divorces are what's known as gray divorce, meaning people, you know, after the kids have left and you're in your 50s right, or 60s. Right. I don't need you anymore. Right. right. And, you know, and then they're blowing things up. And, you know, and their yeah. partners are completely mystified because they didn't know yeah. that, that this yeah. wasn't, you know, that, that the wife wasn't, you know, that they were actually living with a Stepford wife. They have no yeah, idea. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's not their fault. No. And it's not their fault. No. no. It's part of the system. And, you know, and so, but, it's, so it's empowering ourselves. I mean, you know, it, one of the things that I have always, you know, I hate the word, because you know, a lot of women will say, well, aren't I being selfish if I do this? And it's like, no. Yeah, selfish, right. selfish to me means you aren't you you don't care about anybody else but yourself and 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 nobody else you know and if we're in relationships we do need to not necessarily give into what somebody else wants but maybe take into account which is a different way of phrasing it and you know and it's and that's the ultimate yeah yeah 
<laughs> but that's the ultimate handcuff, right? That, yeah. you know, when, when we put ourselves in the dialogue at all, yeah. at all, yeah. right? This sort of threat awaiting you, this judgment, this, this dismissal, oh, aren't you selfish, right? No, right. actually, I've been taught my entire life to be selfless. Yes. And any kind of self-care has been of a selfless self. So, right. yes, I'm actually taking up a little bit of space here. And what do I need taking up? Maybe I'm at 5% now, 10%. Right. Boom, the gavel comes down. Aren't you selfish? Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to sit through that and mm-hmm. stay with ourselves, stay on our own side, stay on our own team, that what we want and what we need also matters. Is it yes. at the expense either or? No. no. And we have no and. intention. Yeah. It's both and. Both and, you and. know, I, I think, you know, one of the things we want to start practicing with, too, is little baby steps Uh of telling the truth, (laughs) telling the actual truth. It might just be we tell the barista, you know, that, hey, you know, I asked for the coffee dark and it's, you know, it's pretty much white. And to face that face of his looking at you and, you know, high maintenance and diva and anal and, and, and erotic. All the other and, you know, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably single, you know, all of these things, you know, and just stand and don't apologize and just ask kindly and respectfully. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and says, you know, oh, so you want me to dump it out and start again? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's not what I ordered. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm not going to take the blame, right, for being all of these things because you didn't listen. There right. it is. And, and sometimes... We're breaking it. Yeah, sometimes it's in how, how we... To me, it's the presentation. It's how do I bring it to the table? Because we can't bring it is, you know, in, in a harsh aggressive way or we could just do it in an assertive I'm sorry this isn't what I asked for can I please have what I asked for kind of thing Um, sure but but in order to say it that way we have to be on our own side which is to feel we're we're entitled to that if we feel frantic and we feel no one's going to listen and we're going to be judged we turn into a Karen right we turn into it you know and, and frankly, you know, in defense of Karens, I get why they're, I mean, not the obviously not the racist right. and the crazy bias right. stuff, but in terms of the, the sort of franticness of trying to be heard, mm-hmm. I also have a soft spot of, you know, let's not judge her because she doesn't know a better way at this point Absolutely. to try and be heard. Yeah. 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 So, but when we say to the barista, Hey, you know, I did ask for that. This is the this is the getting out of that system where because you're inconvenienced from not listening, mm-hmm. like I agree to some degree to take the hit. I apologize. I know I'm neurotic. I know. I know. I just have a thing with like you know milk. I'm, right. No. No. So I'm not going to play that dance. Yeah. So, Nancy, this has been great. Can you tell people, one, where they can get this book, and two, where they can learn more? Because you write some absolutely fantastic stuff, and people need to be reading it. So, so where where, where can they get all this information? 
Sure, sure. Um, so nancycollier.com, T-O-L-I-E-R, one L, uh, has lots and lots of my stuff. I've got lots of workshops coming up at Omega, at Art of Living, at Kripalu, blah, 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 across the country. And the book, The Emotionally Exhausted Woman, is sold everywhere books are sold, Amazon and so on, and uh, Barnes & Noble, and your little book bookshop has it too. So I also have book clubs going, New Harbinger. Um, they're wonderful to be part of. And if you want to shoot me an email um, to talk about how you're changing, hopefully, through the book, um, and see at nancycollier.com, like my initials. But I just look forward to the dialogue. I'm talking with so many women about this fundamental change that's happening, and they describe it often as, coming home to themselves. So in the book, I really lay out some steps and you can really dive in. Yeah. And that's the process coming home to this abandoned self. I love that. So the idea Mm. that you can have it all, do it all, all at the same time is a destructive myth. It encourages you to take on more than is healthy and you and your relationships are eventually going to suffer. So stepping off the merry-go-round can feel both scary and selfish. Mm, There's that word. But the alternative is worse. Mm -hmm. So my question and Nancy's question is what would help you create better balance? One, get her book. And two, I hope you continue (laughs) listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Mm 